Hi. If you're watching on YouTube, a little new setup. I don't know why it didn't occur to me that if I'm recording a solo recap, I don't need to be on Zoom. Hello. So uh, yeah, new setup, hopefully a lot better listening experience because I know that the Zoom does that like robot voice sometimes and I don't need to be on Zoom. What am I thinking? So anywho, we're talking Salt Lake City today. We're talking Salt Lake City, maybe one of the best cold opens we've ever seen. Whoever edited that together, bravo, well done. Before we go all the way into the recap, I have a few business requests. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you haven't already, could you please leave a five-star review, not just a rating, but a review? Getting more reviews actually really helps the podcast algorithm or whatever. And I would love to get this podcast bigger. I want to get it bigger so I can get more sponsors, make more money solely off the podcast so I don't have to worry about doing my other job. And I love my other job to an extent, but it this this particular week is heavy on the content that I have to cover. And I actually was semi busy with my other job and it's been next to impossible to keep up. And I was like, you know, let's just get to the point where I don't need the other job. And the only way to do that is, I don't know, these little things. So if you haven't already left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and that is your listening platform, please do so. If you listen on Spotify, it's even easier. All you can do is rate. You can't even review. So if you could just leave a five-star rating on Spotify, boom. And if you're listening on another platform, love you, queen. Way to get it. Way to be, way to be you. Way to not conform. I've heard a lot of people say they like Overcast. I don't think there's a rate review option, but hey, if there is, hey, hook it up. And that's it. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Thanks for support. Thanks for all of that. And let's just, let's get into this recap. Okay. Intense cold open. I when it when it, when this popped up on my on my Instagram, I don't think I remembered to breathe. I was watching it. It was so effective. I love that we have all this footage of Jen describing her business. When they show Meredith and Lisa's friend package, it kind of made me realize that they actually may have not ever really been friends. They were friends in that like event friends way, you know. Lisa's baby voice. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I'm like, okay, so I don't think you guys are ever actually friends. Like you probably got closer because you were going to be on the show and I would get closer to anyone I was going to be on a show with because you need that would bond me. I mean, I'd latch on to anyone I felt comfortable with. Whitney and Heather, on the other hand, that is a genuine friendship. So that demise is going to be fascinating cut to 2022 in this cold open. Jen crying. Okay, guys, I hate Jen's crying voice. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I have lost everything. It's because because it's one note. It's the same. She goes to the exact same level every single time. There's no levels. There's no range. It's just the same. So I just, I just don't feel it's genuine. Ugh, I can't. 
I can't. Even if Jen wasn't pleading guilty to defrauding elderly people, I still wouldn't like Jen. And okay, Meredith and Lisa are going to fall apart because of, you know, the rant. Um, but one thing I do love about this package the most is that so much of these clips they're pulling are from these people in costume. And at one point, Heather has an eye patch, which I'm, it's, I'm guessing is from when she had the black eye. But it's like when they pull these clips out of context, it just looks utterly insane. Like when they have Heather and Whitney fighting, in practically every clip, they are in costume. And the best is when Whitney has the worst Marilyn Monroe wig. It's like not even, it's not even on right. It looks terrible, but this is one I, th- I think everyone agrees that one of our favorite Bravo tropes is when they have a costume party and get in a huge fight because then we replay that clip of them fighting and they're inexplicably, if you don't have the context, inexplicably in a costume. Heather and the lingerie yelling at Whitney. I do love the way she goes, you lost me, bitch. You lost me. It's going to be good. It's going to be good to see that friendship fall apart. I know that sounds savage, but that's, I just need to know what happens. I mean, I kind of think I know what happens, but okay. They do that thing. I think they, they did this on, was it Jersey? I feel like they did this where they show Lisa on her way to meet someone, Meredith on her way to meet someone. You're like, Ooh, are they going to be meeting each other? Nope. Lisa's meeting Heather and Meredith's meeting Jen, which is just odd. And Meredith, if someone told me eight months ago that I would be hanging out with Jen, I would tell them they were crazy. That wasn't a very good Meredith. Meredith claims that this is fun. When Jen, when she saw Jen, quote, in L.A., this is a thing like not all Bravo shows are allowed to break the fourth wall. And so instead of saying at the reunion, they had to say in LA. So I think I learned this on that reality bites podcast, but it's like, um, Beverly Hills, they can break the fourth wall a lot. Um, on Roni, they can talk about page six and the tabloids and stuff, but, they can't like for in Salt Lake City, they have to say in L.A. rather than <laughs> at the reunion. Uh, but she said that Jen understood where she was coming from. And this clip of Jen saying to Meredith, when I saw you, I saw myself a year ago, meaning like because Meredith was going through something and that's what Je- Jen, you're like that literally every single day, all the time, no matter what's going on. So please. Okay. You were like this the first season. You were like this the second season. You're going to be like this again. Like, granted, I know now you really have something going on, but it's a- okay. This scene though with Jen and Lisa and the steamy pool with the wine and they have, they both have these fab, fantastic, fabulous one pieces. I love Meredith's pink with the gold buttons, like retro fit and Jen's black with the sheer mesh 
mid like they they look hot with their sunglasses. But of course, Merritt's still processing Lisa's tirade. Jen, I mean, God, could Jen love it more? Could Jen love this situation anymore? But Jen is, Jen, we, we get the setup for Jen planning Coach's birthday. Meanwhile, Lisa and Heather are meeting for drinks. And Heather says, I agreed to meet with Lisa because she said she needed me. And the fact that she's scraping the bottom of the barrel to call me. This is where Heather wins over even me. Like, I truly, truly, I know this is a hot take for a lot of you because I understand why she's a fan favorite. But I was so mad at her after that reunion, you guys. I was so mad at her. Oh, I was mad at her. Because she... But she she comes through with this sort of level of self-awareness that it gets me. It gets me every time. And it's a relate it's like that relatable queen that you can't you can't deny her of. You can't deny her that. So I give it to her. Lisa. Lisa. I don't understand this tactic. Here's what I wish Lisa had done, but I know she. Well, no, I wish she had. I wish because she, in my opinion, had a reason to be mad at Meredith. In my opinion. I know people are team Meredith. This is why I really don't like covering Salt Lake City because it's so, the the fans are so intense. And it's like everyone is watching a different show. So I'm sure right now a lot of you are screaming like, how can you be team Lisa? I could see why Lisa was hurt. Let's just put it that way. So in my messy reality TV world, I kind of wish that Lisa was just like, fuck it. (laughs) I don't care about Meredith. But instead, she's going in trying to win back Meredith. But instead, she's choosing to have a sit down with Heather, which just to me comes across like she's trying to win over another ally. And what is Heather going to do? She, so she, it reads to me like she says, you seem like you can speak your mind and you're fine, but I'm the worst person on earth. And so that's still kind of reading like you are sort of, what are you trying to say? Like, I would have, I, I, I just don't think this scene didn't read right to me. Um, I don't, I don't know what, I mean, she was on an island. Lisa was after that reunion. My God, she was completely on an island. I don't know what else she could have done. This was just maybe not my favorite move. And I'm a Barlow girl. True and true. She's, I guess she's a problematic favorite. But as you know, if you're new here, you don't know this, but my, my, True and trues know that I don't I don't favor anybody enough to not call them out. So but back to Meredith and Jen. Meredith wonders if they're if this was just something that she was saying because she was angry. Or is she really listening to rumors and spreading rumors? Because I've heard a lot of rumors about her too. Of course, Jen. This is making Jen like wet her pants. 
Is that so crass? Ew. Sorry. Ew. I feel dirty saying that. But Jen goes, what rumors have you heard? Like she couldn't wait. She's like, please say that, say them all on camera. Jen is practically like foaming. Oops. Jen is practically like foaming at the mouth. And this is the problem with Meredith. Okay. She, she doesn't just come out and say it. She's got to play this super coy, sensual game. There's rumors about her marriage, her business, and her finances. Jen's like, I heard she's having an affair. She can't hold it in. She's like, I don't have time for this, Meredith. Get it out. She does not have time for this. So back to Heather and Lisa, though. Heather's explaining to Lisa that you can't make excuses, okay? If you really do want this to resolve itself and to be done, it's going to take a while, number one, but you can't do any of the like, you know, I did it, but this is why stuff. You just have to kind of say, I'm sorry, I should have never done it. It was a mistake. And that's it. And just, I messed up. Like, I didn't mean it. And Lisa's doing that. I love her for it because she's, it's wrong, but she's just blinking. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Heather and her confessional's like, Lisa's going to have to eat some humble pie. And that is something that she does not like to do. She doesn't like the taste of it and she does not like to eat it. But then Lisa, of course, I've eaten so much humble pie. It's amazing. I still fit in this dress. And look, does this, is this a rehearsed read? Absolutely. But it's more what makes me laugh about Lisa is that when she's done saying this, she's like really proud of herself. She's like, did you see that? Like, oh, my God. It's like a kid, a a kid recital. Like, I did it. I did it. Heather continues to try to explain that like this is how you can prove you're really sorry. And she just continues to blink like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Heather even says like, because I kind of think this too. She's like, I think this is how you really feel about Meredith. And Lisa, no, 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 God, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. They all have secrets though. I want to say a blind came out last um, season and remember how we feel about blinds. Hit or miss. But I know in the blind... Um, it said something about Lisa, ha- like some someone brought out Lisa having an affair at the Zion trip. I want to say that was what the blind said. I know it was some- it's something to do with the Zion trip and something to do with Lisa, but then something about they're having like no proof of it, so it may not make the show. I don't know. Um, but I feel like they all have rumors about them. It's like, who are these friends? That just spread rumors about each other. So then we're at Whitney's house and Bobby's writing this pros and cons list about guys. And when Heather comes over, Whitney's like, can you help me with this one? And it, it's it's a cute moment. It's cute. And it, it, it turns into like Heather making it kind of like about her and having her moment and talking about what her standards are. And then at one point she says, because um, Bobby has on her list like an attractive guy. And she's like, no, no, no. Take that out because ugly sex is going to change your life. 
I don't know. Is that appropriate? I don't have kids. So I don't know if that's like if we're supposed to talk about sex that openly and not shame kids for that or if that's too much. I don't know where I'm supposed to land on that. So I'll let you guys decide. Because I don't, I don't know. Like I don't have kids. I just felt like it was a little too casual and a little. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to touch that one. But dude, Justin and Whitney built this bitchin' speakeasy. It looks like a library, and then it opens up. But it's like it opens up, and it literally is this nook of a speakeasy, and they can close the door behind them. It is cool. But this fucking Whitney, it's just so staged. She's like, you know, I'm on this healing, you know, I'm on this healing journey. And my healer, Megan, says it's time that I really rid myself of the church. Why does this woman always sound like she's talking like a robot? And I I didn't realize this, that the Mormon church still like comes and checks on them and like comes to collect money. Ew. They know when you move. And she's like, I am doing this for my kids because, you know, they, this, the church teaches that women are subordinate to men. And because I am a woman and I can do whatever I want because I'm human. (laughs) Are you? Heather explains like what this, like what Whitney's talking about when she says this list and what it's symbolic of. Whitney can go to quitmormon.com, though, and get her name right off of that list. And Heather, in her confessional, though, cries, talking about how she doesn't think she could ever do that because she still, even though her father is passed and her mom isn't talking to her, she still wants to be a good daughter. And it's very much a struggle for her. But Whitney has printed the document, and she comes out, and she's got the document printed in her hand, And she goes, this is the letter. And she's just holding it and staring at Heather with it for quite some time. I'm like, okay, Whitney, we got it. You've had your moment. Sign it. Sign it. Just fucking sign it. And she signs it. And it's a little schmaltzy moment. And Heather is very much there for her and very supportive. So this felt like very much groundwork for seeing the demise of the friendship, right? Because it's like so loving and so sweet. Really like driving that point home. You know what I mean? And now we have Jen lighting the fireplace in her smaller house and talking about that, blah, 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 blah. Coach comes in. Coach is just defeated. He's got this like very little, like his little tiny voice. He's like, maybe some coffee or some tea. That'd be nice. Real defeated. I can't, I'm not sold on coach. I think coach knew what was going on. So I am not buying that coach is innocent. I know we want him to be, but oh, my girls. And okay, they talk about his party coming up. Angie K is hosting and she's known Jen for a while. She's known everybody, which we love. We love a genuine connection for the whole cast and not one of those like fake We've known each other for years and, you know, not really. They've known of each other and they've only started being friends two weeks prior to filming. 
So Jen tells Coach who she's inviting, a.k.a. Lisa and John and Meredith and Seth. And Coach is like, "Uh uh-uh, I am not about for this thing to turn into like, let's hash it out. I don't want any drama. There's too much stress going on with your trial coming up. And so at this point, Jen's trial was still March 22nd. And boy, do we wish that was the case. Because we found out pretty soon into filming that they'd pushed it and we weren't even going to see the damn trial. And all of us were like, well, then cancel the season and wait. But we have now we have this soundbite of Jen saying everyone else took a plea deal, but I'm not going to take a plea deal when I'm not guilty. I am innocent. Moving on. I really can't linger too much on Jen because I truly, truly cannot stand her. I'm having a hard... Okay, guys, I just want you to know, this is, I don't enjoy Salt Lake City. I'm really, truly just doing this for you. I don't like the, I don't like Meredith. I don't like Jen. I barely like Heather. Uh, Whitney drives me crazy. I like Barlow. Angie Case seems fun, but we barely got to know her. And that girl Dana looks like she's going to have some fun read on Jen. I'm doing this for you. Truly. So. Meredith's house. Seth comes home with groceries and you hear Meredith going, ramen, why would you get ramen? And Seth jokes, well, for a guy that can't keep a job, this is what you eat. And uh, now we go into, Meredith's got to do some cleanup. Hear me out. She has every right to, but, but what's such an unfortunate thing about what Lisa did is, do I believe that she was just doing that crazy, angry venting? I do. I really, truly do. I do not think it was intentionally. She was intentionally mic'd up and doing it to make the show. I really don't think that. And I feel like it's a total conspiracy theory that everyone thinks she was that mentally with it to be like, let me do this into the microphone. I really don't. Uh, But it happened. It was captured. And now Meredith has the right to retaliate. I just wish Meredith was more fun with her retaliation. Meredith can come with some fun receipts, though. She's got that lawyer in her. Like at the reunion, she was fun when she was like, she was asking pointed questions throughout the whole thing, gathering her evidence. And then she was able to hit them with, with her case, basically. But what she normally does, which is what we're going to see, is she kind of just hints to things. I don't know. And so she brings up how they, they're not sure they want to trench down anywhere. They like being an empty nest wanderer. And despite what Lisa says, I could buy multiple homes. Okay. Then she goes into how Seth, you have 4,000 employees that this, what she said could impact their livelihoods. That's pretty selfish if you ask me. And uh, she, this is this is a good read. She says, what does Seth do? What does John Barlow do besides drive Lisa around? And they put together quite a compilation of John looking very submissive to Lisa. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I'm I've been very aware of what that dynamic is. And John does look like he's a bit beat up by Lisa. Just in that he looks like he's shoving down some feelings, just shoving them somewhere. And every relationship has its issues. Absolutely. 
but it looks more like that's a John Barlow thing. Like they, Lisa looks like she has maybe some intimacy issues, like some, some, some personal stuff. And maybe John does too. And so it looks more like that. And like, that's the dynamic. I wouldn't say they don't look happy, but this is a fair read. Again, unfortunately, this is the bummer. Meredith kind of has the right to do this. Okay, fine. Now Meredith gets to bust this out. I hear they own their distillery in Mexico. Have they ever gone to Mexico since we've met them? I feel like maybe they have, though. So that could be disputed. Then she pulls up that their business, Jack Henry Spirits LLC, uh, was crowdfunded and in 2018 had outstanding debts. Now you see, Lisa Barlow went on Watch What Happens Live and addressed this and, and said, yes, they did crowdfund and was like, and hit me up in my DMs. I'll give you some tips on how to do that. Okay, you know, I love my Barlow, but I do find that to be a little odd since they are so wealthy going out on yachts and traveling and stuff. So why are you crowdfunding? Um, I don't love that. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do, I didn't even mean to do that. And outstanding debt, what does that even mean? Like they didn't pay it? I I could look up this document. I really could, but I didn't feel like it. I also don't know what it's like to own multiple businesses. I know people do interesting things with businesses, like sometimes they intentionally keep debt on businesses. I don't know, but I'm sure they could look into Meredith's stuff and find some weird things too. But this is all par for the course. Like, unfortunately, when Lisa went on a rant, this is what she knew she was probably opening herself up to. Although Lisa does seem surprised by this. She seems surprised by Meredith doing this. So, uh, okay. So here comes the quote of the century. Lisa tries to show this life of perfection. If what I hear from others, her life is not great. Okay, well, same can be said about you. And then she does this thing where she's got the she's got the I love New York, I heart New York mug. And she says, I've never exchanged sex for money, which is what a whore does. But maybe someone else has. I don't know. And then the producer says, are you trying to say that Lisa, that Lisa has exchanged sex for money? And she takes her mug. I can't demonstrate it because I actually have liquid in my mug, but I swear there was no actual liquid in Meredith's mug because she just like pretended to drink it and shrugged like, I don't know. I just, I want like Tiffany Pollard energy. I want her to be like, she's a gold digger. She's a slut. She's a whore. <laughs> I want that. I want that full energy, but instead it's this innuendo, and I don't know, and maybe, I'm like, just say it. Because then she can like do plausible deniability. Like, I didn't fully say that. Ugh. It's like pulling teeth. Okay, now we're at the event at Angie K's. Heather walks in and her ass is on fire. Did she get a booty done or what? If she didn't, props to her if she's just working that ass out. I don't want to accuse her, but it was like a shelf. It looked amazing. So she reveals that she's known Angie K since she was 15. And she goes, let's just say she was the coolest girl at the 10-year reunion. So I love a true authentic connection. Love that. 
I keep saying that and I really, do I say that a lot actually? Or is this just because I'm recapping SLC? So, okay, Lisa comes in and of course she's doing her cute little entry stuff where she's like, I love that. I love that. But you know, she's nervous. And in her confessional, she's like, if the roles reversed, I would at least be open to hearing an apology. I do believe though she would. I, I, I have to say that this is sort of when you kind of win me over. Like you've got to be good at forgiving and moving on. And Meredith is such a like principled person. It's like, once you cross me, we're done. And it's like, look at what she did with Jen. And so unless they fire that housewife, then we're stuck at a stalemate where it's like, I won't go if Jen's there. It's like, well, now what do we do? And so I do believe that Lisa would have let let Meredith but of course Meredith this way what I would never say that about you and then we see do you see what I'm saying this is just all right Jen enters and you can just feel that Jen has got the weight of the world on her it's really hard to watch her try to have fun okay but Meredith comes in Lisa gets uncomfortable. She goes, ask John to get her a drink. He goes, what do you want? She goes, something with Vita. I need tequila. Dude, Glenn Davis from the Celtics is there. And he becomes Heather's friend right away. She just goes for it. But then Heather goes over and talks to Meredith about how she met with Lisa. The look on Meredith's face is so insane. But I don't understand why Heather's making it a big deal that Meredith's there. It's Coach's birthday. So... It's not like it's Lisa's Vita event. Meredith's like, why shouldn't I be here? I didn't do anything. I feel like we're, I feel like they're cutting something out of this conversation. Um, But Heather in her confessional is like, listen, I love that Meredith is a woman of principle. And then she quotes some Mormon proverb and says that after a 10 year friendship, you figure out a way to forgive. Yeah. Heather is Heather kind of like, I really didn't think I'd be able to get over how much I was, how angry I was at her after that reunion, but she's coming in strong in this first episode. Okay. Jen makes a speech for coach, blah, 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 blah. Moving on. I'm not going to linger on too much Jen stuff because I'm, I just, I can't. Okay, guys, I just can't. Seth and John. Okay, Seth was looking at John in the strangest way. It they were like hi, and then Seth was like like staring at John, like he wanted to say something. I'm like, just say what you got to say, but he was also like trying to figure out if John really felt that way too. It was like, just say what you mean. And then they finally, I guess, get to the point where it's like the wives, what they have to say, we're not responsible for what they say. That's between them. This is between us. John looks incredibly uncomfortable and then makes a comment on Seth's tie. And I think it's okay. But then the editors do this super cool thing where they like suck the sound out and they cut over to Meredith and then they cut over to Lisa and then they pump it the sound back in and they go back to the husbands. It was cool. Who yeah. 
All right, we get lots of dancing. Big Baby lighting up a cigar for Heather. And then Lisa comes out with a card in her hand, like a playing card. And she's like, hey, what if I have a king? What if I have a king? (laughs) What? And she sits down and... Heather asks Lisa if she's going to talk to Meredith. And as Lisa's saying it's not the right time, someone is coming up behind them and they cut away, but they keep using the audio, but they just like are just showing the back of Lisa's head, who's clearly not saying that at that time. I'm now picking up on things like this because um, ever since I've heard that this is an editing trick, well, where what they'll do is if you ever, if you see a scene where it's just the back of someone's head, but they're using audio. It's possible that that person isn't saying that at that moment. So it's possible they are just pulling audio from another moment and making it seem like they're saying it right then. Clearly, she was saying it right then, but I'm, I just am hyper aware of those weird cuts now because I guess they did it a ton on Winter House, which makes sense because Winter House was cut strangely together. Remember how we ended up not getting a bunch of stuff from the trailer in the final cut? Speaking of, I may not end up doing Winter House, guys. I don't know if I'm going to have time. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That's sorry. I sidetracked. I apologize. But so this scene was mainly because they needed to do the setup of, you know, the organic conversation of how they should go on a trip. But don't make Whitney start that conversation because she's like, I know Jen is going to be going through a lot. So I thought we should go somewhere sunny and fun. So how about Scottsdale, Arizona? Okay. And they're like, yeah, let's totally go. Let's go. Okay. So as Lisa's walking back in, she walks up and just says hi to Meredith. Meredith, I don't think Meredith thought it was Lisa at first because she turned around to say hi to whoever she thought was just like a friendly face and was like, whoa, I was shocked by that. And so she goes, at some point, I want to talk to you, not tonight. And in Meredith's confessional, she's like, you had two months to talk to me. Leave me alone. On Watch What Happens Live, one of the viewer questions was, why did you wait two months to talk to Meredith? Why didn't you reach out to her in that time frame? Lisa goes, okay, that's great. I can totally explain that. After the reunion last year, we went to uh, dinner together, all of us. And after dinner, I tried to talk to Meredith and she made it very clear that she didn't want to talk to me. So... I just said, okay, I won't talk to her. And then two months later, uh, not the best explanation, Lisa. <laughs> so then you're admitting you just didn't talk to her until filming. So I don't know. I don't know if that really helped your case. <laughs> I hate to tell you. So again, I just wish that she would lean into it and be like, fuck Meredith. I was mad at her. If she doesn't get that, I've apologized over and over and over again. She pissed me off. I was fuming, blind rage. Can't apologize anymore. I swear this next moment where she ends up talking to Seth, it it was like she probably just wanted to be like, hi, Seth. But then they both ended up like in this weird conversation. And when he says Meredith was devastated, Lisa just immediately starts crying because I genuinely think it's been hard for her. 
And Lisa's trying to explain, I don't even feel that way. I'm just ranting. But instead of Lisa just saying sorry, she's she goes to like how she can't sleep. And John's like, it'll be okay, but it doesn't feel like it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to take it seriously. But Lisa is just accidentally one of the funniest people. Like she, everything she does, she means seriously, but like it is funny. Like I don't think God, like this. Sorry. If you're listening, you can't see, but my hair today, like it's one of those days where it's <laughs> God. Sorry, guys. Uh, so she, it was a blind rant and explains that she had been hearing over and over, like, she's not your friend, like, she's not your friend, like, you know, and I'm just hearing that over and over. Does that make sense? And Seth's like, no. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. It's just, it's funny. And Lisa's like, I understand Meredith was hurting, but I was hurting too. I'm human and I was hurting. I'm one of five girls and I'm a girl's girl. I'm one of five sisters that I'm very responsible for. I have stuff going on too that no one knows about. No one asks me. I have never talked bad about Meredith to anyone in this group. There's not one person that can say that I've ever said anything bad about her. And I know why Seth gave her this look of like, are you kidding? But I think that's true. She has not been out talking shit about Meredith. She was a loyal friend. Am I forgetting something? I always do that. I feel like someone's going to be like, what about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Forgot about that part. So Lisa walks away and... It's so sweet. She goes over to John. She's like, can we go? And he's like, you okay? And she starts, she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, get her in the car and get her an ice cream. I, I get it. She messed up. I get it. I just don't think that she, she shouldn't be forgiven. I really don't. And if it isn't true, if these things are not true, then forgive. The problem is I don't have a family, a business, or anything to protect. So I, there's not a lot of things you could say to me that would really insult me. So I, you know, I'm not the demographic to be like, if you come for my family, I'm like, okay, my, my, my sister, sure, you know, my cats, don't fuck with my cats, but I don't, you know. I guess if you came after my podcast, actually, yeah, if you fucking came after my fucking podcast, I'll fucking kill you. Okay, yeah, I could put myself there. But if someone apologized, I'd be like, okay, fair, because I know what it's like to be in a blind rage and say shit that's just crazy. Even my step, my brother, my stepbrother, my brother-in-law, he, one of the dogs, because um, we, I, I live with my sister and brother-in-law. We live together. And they have dogs. I have cats. So it's like, we're just one big happy family. And one of the dogs was, <laughs> okay, one of the dogs accidentally ate a bag of weed gummies. Okay. They were in a backpack in the, in, in my brother-in-law's office, in a backpack, in a zipper, like how this dog fucking found these gummies. It's, it wasn't child neglect. I swear. But we didn't know he had eaten the gummies. And so when a dog gets really stoned, a dog looks like it suddenly has like some neurological disorder. Like they start to kind of like tilt their head weird and just like they can't move. 
And so we were in a panic and my brother-in-law's go-to is to get mad and mean. And I was, he was mad at my sister. And so I just kind of stepped in just to be like, okay, hold on, let's calm it down. There's no need to get mad. And he raged at me. I honestly tuned out what he said. I've had, I've had dumb straight guys yell at me when they're scared and they turn it into anger. I honestly don't even know what he said. But later, once they got to the, to, they got to the vet and the vet was like, and we figured out on their way, cause we figured out that he'd ate the weed gummies. I found the wrapper in the backyard and was like, guys, he doesn't have a strange neurological disorder that's just now popped up. He ate weed gummies. Once he got to the vet and they were like, he's going to be fine. Just watch him overnight. I got the text from my brother-in-law like, hey, sorry that I said. And when he said what he what he had told me, I was like, oh, you said that? He's like, I do actually care about what you think about me. And I do love you. And it's like, oh, I want. I, clearly, he said, I don't fucking care what you think about me. I don't fucking care about you. I don't even love you. Like, I, I didn't hear him say that. I completely tuned him out. People say ugly things when they're really mad. And they don't mean them. And so the difference isn't when on a large scale to it's it's an international audience. So I get it. But Meredith, when she gets her feelings hurt and gets stuck in things, it's like you she just doesn't come out of it. And so, of course, she tells Seth, like, why would you even go there? I would have said not the time and place. Of course, Seth is like, is it an apology if you're excusing it? Jen, no. Jen's like, absolutely not. We need to ride this out for a whole season. And that's the end of the episode. I, I get, I get that we've set up a lot. We've set up a whole lot of things. Um, but next week's teaser looks like literally nothing happens. The biggest moment is Meredith saying to Lisa that you're not a safe space for me. I'm not going to lie. Well, okay. Cool. Okay. That's it. So I know a lot's going to happen because I've heard a ton of stuff. So I have hope, but I'm doing this for you guys. But we have Potomac coming up, so that's better. And we do have that line from Dana, the new girl, saying, you know, if you want money on your books, you better be nice. I'm very, you know what would be cool? Okay, here's a request I would love. Every time Jen says something like, I'm not going to take a plea deal, they cut to clips of Jen taking a plea deal. (laughs) I think that would be nice if they could just troll her harder. I'm not taking a plea deal because I'm innocent. And it's like four months later, Jen, Jen Shaw takes plea deal. Jen Shaw pleads guilty. Just a reminder, you know, let's just come on, you know, that'd be fun. Anyway, guys, uh, don't forget if you're watching on YouTube to like this video and subscribe and hit that bell so you don't miss anything. And if you are listening on the pod, rate, review, subscribe. I love you guys. I hope you're doing okay out there. I'll see you next time. Bye.
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys. I'll see you on Instagram or TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.